Welcome to Valley Lights Church Online. Hey, I'm Bruce. I'm really glad to see you. And we're going to be heading into our second week in a message series called The Divine Descent. And I'm excited about that. Before we jump in, I want to give you a quick update on our Christmas offering. This is the first year that we've tried to do something like this, but we are raising money for four different ministries, uh, locally, regionally, and internationally, so that this Christmas, Valley Lights Church can give back, actually give in a way that goes beyond our little uh, piece of, uh, of gathering and, and operating here in Santa Clarita. And so um, we really want to extend our reach and our impact through our giving. So there's four different places that we will be giving to you. Um, you can find those on our website. There's a link for that in, on, our web, on our webpage. But uh, we're aiming to give $4,000. A uh, thousand to each ministry, and uh, so far we've raised seven hundred ninety dollars. So we're we're on our way. We're getting close to maybe the quarter mark, and we'll be doing this through December. And I'm really excited about it. Um, so there's some different ways that you can give, um, but I'm glad to see that you've joined us today. And uh, we're what we're doing throughout this series is we're looking at the Christmas story from the angle of God descending, the divinity, the divine one descending to earth um, in the person of Jesus Christ. And last week, we looked at how he descended into humanity in order to connect with us and build our trust because, you know, he walked in our shoes. And today, I want to talk about the issue of timing. Consider some phrases that have to do with timing, like maybe you've heard, timing is everything. You know, I've heard that related to sports or to business or closing a deal or uh, maybe even in dating, <laughs> timing is everything, finding a job. Um, the phrase, in the nick of time, now that describes, you know, <clears throat> being in a situation where you're down to the wire, the very last minute. Or the phrase, it's just a matter of time. When you talk about something that's inevitable, it's going to happen. Well, today we're going to see the issue of timing come up in the divine descent. And uh well, the first thing that we're going to look at is that God is in control of this world. So that's, that's maybe a good starting point for us. God has got perfect timing, as it comes, as it turns out. And uh, there's two verses from the Bible that will help us get started on that. And uh, the first one is found in Luke 2.6 and the other one in Galatians 4.4. 4. But the first one uh, in Luke, it says, While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Okay, so this is referring to Mary and Joseph. Maybe you've heard or seen the Christmas story, and Mary went to Bethlehem and gave birth to Jesus in, um, in a stable or in a place where they're in a manger. And uh, so the time came for her to give birth. Now, the situation here, you can actually see a map um, where they were in Bethlehem at the place of delivery of Jesus. It was not, um, it was not their hometown. And they were from a town up north called Nazareth. They were, it was a 70 miles straight shot, but it would have been windy and hilly, a fairly difficult journey. I mean, it sounds like a great trip to make full-term pregnancy, right? You're, you're, imagine being 40 weeks pregnant and you've got to travel over rough terrain, you know, by foot or by donkey. That's, that sounds pleasant. Well, when the government demands that everyone registers in the town of their ancestors, you've got no choice. They, they were doing a census to find how many people were living in the country. And uh, so they went, and as, as the Bible says, the time came. <laughs> and 
imagine being pregnant, not only pregnant and traveling, but out of town. You're not even, you know, where's the hospital? Which hospital are you going to deliver at? They don't, that's, you know, man, what are you even going to do? Where's this baby going to come? Well, the time came. And uh, actually, the time came not just for a delivery, but something even more significant. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, it's got that same phrase. When the time came to completion, God sent his son. Now, this, these passages both speak about the timing of Jesus' birth. And, uh, you know, timing, that's relevant to the holiday season, right? Um, you know, when we think about timing, there's a, there's a well, well, consider this. When it comes to timing, maybe it takes a lot of time to pick out a very thoughtful gift for somebody in your family uh, this Christmas. Um, you know, a gift card, that's easy. Uh, my wife happens to be very good at picking out thoughtful gifts. And uh, actually, I've been, I've benefited from that, you know, many years. But, uh, you know, I, I came across this, um, this funny, it's like an article, but it's like a fake news article that uh, I think is so funny. Here, take a look at this. Man really stressed out by all the Christmas shopping his wife still has to do. <laughs> it's, uh, like I said, it's a fake article, but um, here, here's one of the things that they made up in the article. It says, uh, they got a quote from the guy. When I think about all the running around and to buy stuff for her family and her friends and her kids, um, all the stuff that she has to do, I get pretty anxious. I wish there was some way I could help. <laughs> so, uh, hey, maybe this one hits close to home for you. Maybe um, that's uh, how things work in your family. It is actually pretty close to reality for us. My wife is amazing at getting gifts. Um, you know, it takes a lot. Of, it does take a lot of time. A lot of December gets consumed with shopping. Um, think about the timing, though, related to uh, problems with our supply chain. Will Amazon bring my gifts or will it be lost forever in the basement of a U USPS station? I'd, you know, how's the time going to work out with that? Or, of course, then there's traveling around. When should I leave to go see the relatives? What, how many days should I stay at? You know, who do we spend the holiday with? Um, you know, Christmas is a season when a lot gets packed into a very short period of time. December is just one month and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, today, we're looking at how Jesus was the gift that came at the perfect time. And consider this for a minute. I believe our God is 100% in control over all things. He's directing history all the way down to his appointed goals. His motive is his own glory. And we can see God's great sovereign power in the sending of his son at not just because it was December 25th. <laughs> they didn't, you know, Mary didn't wait because it had to be December 25th. No, it was at the exact time that God had determined before the creation of the world. Humans are free to make choices and plans, but no choice or plan of ours can stop God from fulfilling his plans. And the Bible and history testify to these truths. Um, and we, and we'll give our church great comfort and peace if we believe them in faith. Our Lord Jesus, who stepped into time, he was outside of, you know, history and time, and he stepped into it. Um, he's got all authority in heaven and on earth. He's in control, and nothing can stop him from taking good care of us. Nothing can stop God's kingdom from conquering the world and rescuing every tribe and tongue and nation from the dominion of darkness. How many people will the Lord save? Well, it's higher than you can count. It's more people, you know, you can't, 
You can't count that high the number of the stars, the number of sand on the planet, sand molecules. There's, we can't count that high. God is generous, merciful, and full of love. And this aspect of reality, is, the Bible even says that the angels long to look into these things. God's timing for the arrival of Jesus was perfect. Let's, let's take a quick look at um, part of the, the story um, of when this all happened. If we look in, in the book of Luke, chapter 2, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. So they were taking a census. They were getting a head count of everybody. And uh, this was a government mandate. You know, we're maybe familiar with government mandates in our world right now. Um, this was one that they faced. Everyone had to go back to the hometown of their ancestors. And this was, it says, this first registration took place while Quirinus was governor, governing was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family line of David. It says uh, he needed to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. We looked at that phrase. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So that is a good chunk of the Christmas story. But here's, here's the situation when Jesus arrived. So Caesar Augustus, who was emperor, there were some crazy tumultuous events going on. Forty years before the birth of Jesus, there was a bloody civil war between Octavius, Caesar Augustus, and the adopted son of Julius Caesar, Mark Antony, one of Caesar's closest friends and generals, and um, Lepidus, another ally of Julius Caesar. And this civil war ripped Rome apart. Caesar Augustus won, Mark Antony and Cleopatra committed suicide, and Lepidus was murdered. So that's, that's some chaotic politics that are happening right around the birth of Jesus. What was God up to? What All of this was happening, and it... You know, it probably looked like chaos on earth. Was That's what's going on. Yet God in heaven was exalting, was actually allowing this Caesar to come to power in Rome and put in his heart a desire to take a census that made Joseph travel from Bethlehem. And this all fulfilled a prophecy that was given 700 years earlier by the prophet Micah that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. All of these grand things happening in countries and politics and nations and in the lives of individual people, it all blended into God's perfect plan. That is awesome to see that. Look at Micah 5.2. This is the prophecy. It says, Bethlehem, Ephrath, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel. For me, his origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. This is the prophecy. This is one of actually many, many prophecies that were fulfilled about Jesus. So if you think about that, Before Augustus, before Julius Caesar, before Alexander the Great unified the East and the West by defeating the Persian Empire in 331 BC, even before there was a Persian Empire, our father had already decided that his son would be born in Bethlehem. And he told people about it. He told Micah about it. You know when you play pool and you get to the eight ball, you got to call your shot and say where it's going to go? Well, God called his shot 700 years in advance. A Jewish man named Joseph took his pregnant wife named Mary to Bethlehem 
and we still sing about it today. <laughs> this is God's perfect timing. It's amazing. Why did God decide that this was the time? That that time in history, that's when Jesus would come. No one really knows. Nobody knows. No prophets really know exactly. Not even the angels knew the timing. That's why the Bible says the angels longed to look into it. They're, everyone was trying to find the present before Christmas. Uh, maybe even the angels in heaven were searching throughout the whole house looking for the gift. And they trying to get a peek of what was going to happen. Later, um, one of Jesus' followers, Peter, he writes, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you, here's what it says, They searched and carefully investigated. People like Micah, those that are writing many, many years before, they inquired into what time or what circumstance the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It says in verse 12, It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. So, God's perfect timing brought Jesus to earth. Divinity descended. So what this means for us is God's in control and he's working out an incredible plan. So we can be merry. We can be joyful and celebrate this time of year. We can sing and rejoice because of our faith in Jesus and our trust in God. We can have tremendous joy. Have you ever thought about the phrase, Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. Well, what does it mean to be merry? I mean, I think it means joyful and upbeat and got a pep in your step. I mean, is it merry in your home right now? (laughs) These days, these weeks of December, do you feel merry? Is it a Merry Christmas? The opposite of being merry would be perhaps fearful and despairing about what's going on in our world. Or maybe it would be uh, stressed, you know, just stressed and frustrated and feeling pressed and overwhelmed. Maybe that's the atmosphere of your life in your home right now. Quite, quite the opposite. We could sing our praise and our gratitude and our joy to God. That, that actually, this one thing could be an application step for us this week. And you might say, you know, just, just singing and praising, that's, that's too small of a thing. That's, that's not a big enough deal. Well, when the Savior came into the world, and he was there, born in a manger. What did the angels do? They sang. What did, what did the shepherds do? They praised God also. When you read about the relative Elizabeth and uh, the baby in her belly, John the Baptist, when he was uh, still in the womb, he leapt for joy. <laughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus, she praised God. And then later on, when Jesus was born, Simeon and the old widow, they rejoiced. There's so much singing and rejoicing and praising and joy and gratitude just flowing through the story of Christmas. When we worship God with our voices and our hearts, it's like warfare. That's how we battle things in life. That keeps the fire hot in our lives. Our faith conquers the world. Look at John. He he writes this, Because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith faith. In faith, we can sing songs like Joy to the World or Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Even these Christmas carols, you know, these are songs that could be like spiritual warfare for us. Sometimes our progress in life 
is tied to singing because responding with joy in our hearts, singing to God, even actually when things are not going so great, singing is a way that we express humility and gratitude and adoration all rolled up in one. We were created to praise and glorify God. This is a worthy application for all of us. So when we consider God's perfect timing to give the gift of Jesus to Christ, to the world, um, there's another thing that stands out. It's that God loves the world. What shows the great love of Christ is everything that he was willing to give up for us. Jesus had been there before creation. He was, you know, before Jesus was born, he was existing with God and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity all together, and they were doing just fine. <laughs> Jesus wasn't bored. He had a role to play. He didn't, he, he was plenty busy. He didn't need us. But out of love, Jesus descended into time. He couldn't redeem us without descending and becoming one of us first. So amidst the chaotic times in your life or in our world or the times way back then, we can remember that God is redeeming us. Look at Galatians 4. This is a, a verse we mentioned earlier. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. When you consider those verses in light of God's generosity, it says God, first he sent forth his son. I mean, why would anyone send someone so precious and so highly valued? Well, it was, it says, to redeem us to buy us back through this sacrifice that Jesus had made so that we might receive redemption status. We might, we might get the family privileges and the high status that Jesus has. God sent his son to redeem our world. So one of the things he redeems is our identity. I can become a child of God. God then defines who I am and, and what we are to do. It's, I'm not defined by my culture by our desires, about all the different popular forms of identity. God redeems our race. Since adopted children of God is our primary identity, race may not divide us. People from different races, it, there's, there's no division because we become one new race in Jesus Christ. He redeems us personally. And we start out as a slave to our sin and our desires, living in darkness, blinded by our pride, filled with regret and fearful and anxious. God redeems us from those things. And then, of course, he redeems us from messy relationships. And uh, if you're anything like me, and if you're married, your marriage needs some work. <laughs> your kids, if you've got kids, man, they need some work. Your friendships need work. Man, there's so much frustration and strife and division and, and bitterness that builds up and unforgiveness. Jesus redeems us from living with ongoing messy relationships. Amid chaotic times, God is redeeming the world. And it was costly. This was a costly redemption. Another verse says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich for your sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. So Christmas is an opportunity to respond to Christ's generosity. 
Perhaps you've never yielded control of your life to Jesus. Your life has not begun that process of redemption. And it, you know, it might be easy to say, you know what? Coming to Jesus, <laughs> letting him work in my life is, is too late for me, too far gone. Or it's too soon. I'm not ready yet. Not right now. Neither of those things are true. It's not too late or it's not too soon. God sent Jesus at the perfect time and now is the perfect time for you to respond. This is, look at another verse. It says, working together with him then, Paul, Paul says this, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not only does God redeem our lives, but he has a plan for worldwide kingdom expansion. God will redeem this world. Isaiah wrote another prophecy, for a child will be born for us. Not the child as in Grogu in the Mandalorian. (laughs) Uh, For a child will be born to us. This is talking about Jesus. A son will be given to us and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Do you need a wonderful counselor? (laughs) Call upon the Lord Jesus. Do you need the might of God to help you in your situation right now? Call upon Jesus. Or do you need the direction, protection, provision, and the correction of our everlasting Father? Call upon the Lord Jesus. Do you need the Prince of Peace to bring peace to your life right now? Good, true, enduring peace in the middle of chaos. He's not our Lord unless we obey what he commands. Now followers of Christ have been growing and multiplying over the years. And actually, I want to show you a pretty cool video of the expansion of Christianity. Um, The verse in Isaiah that we just read, the the next part, it says this, the kingdom, or sorry, the dominion will be vast. Meaning like the dominion and the reign of Jesus Christ. It will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on for forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Basically, God's kingdom will never end, but it will grow. It's been growing since the time of his birth through today, tomorrow, and forevermore. So check out this video about what this has looked like over history.
This growth and expansion, how does this happen? Well, in Isaiah, we just read, it's by the zeal of the Lord. God will do this. He's committed to it and he is in control of it. The timing of all of these things that happen throughout history are perfectly coordinated by God. So when we look and we see God's hand in the birth of Christ, the events of history, and in the moments of our lives, it should evoke a sense, some kind of response in us. One way that we can respond, and you might take one of these next steps, uh, step into God's plan of redemption by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You might do that. You maybe have never done that. Another thing is, in faith, be merry. <laughs> Sing and rejoice. Set your heart to, if, you, if you're not sure how to do that, find a song, a song of worship and praise. It could be a Christmas song, or it doesn't have to be. And begin uh, responding in faith. Another next step is to battle fear or disappointment with trust in the Lord. This December, you may experience some fear or you may experience some disappointment. Those, I mean, if you want to be worried about anything, there's, there's plenty of stuff to be worried about. There's also plenty of opportunity for disappointment. Uh, maybe you want something and then that goal gets blocked and now you're disappointed about it. And there's all kinds of reasons that our, go our goals get blocked. Maybe someone blocks it or maybe circumstances block it. But, you know, on the whole... Could it be that God allows things to get blocked that we want? I actually just purchased a, a, a drum set for the church. And, uh, you know, the process happened where one of the guys from church was helping me to look for a, a drum set to purchase. We want to buy it used to try to save some money, some of the church's resources. And uh, we found a great option. Um, it would need a little bit of work. It would need a little bit of... Um, additional supplies, but it seemed like a really good option and we were planning to go make the purchase. It was going to be on a Wednesday and uh, we made plans on Tuesday night to go pick it up. And then on Tuesday night, I got a text, the drum set sold. And we're like, oh, <laughs> it was disappointing. Uh, you know, we had been working on the project to get that figured out and then it vanished. Well, a few days later, we found a better option, actually. <laughs> Turns out we found uh, a kit that would require no additional supplies and no work. Um, higher, higher quality and actually even at a lower price. We we're actually, so we, we got this drum set and, and the church was able to save a few thousand dollars because the, the deal was so amazingly good. A guy was just getting rid of a high quality set. And I thought, you know what? Isn't God in the timing of these things? The first option would have been fine, but there was something better waiting a few days later. And in that story, the turnaround from disappointment to trusting God was, it was a pretty fast turnaround because the outcome was pretty favorable. But I think that's rare. I think that there's plenty of times when a positive outcome takes a long time to get here. Or maybe it doesn't come. Maybe there's disappointment. And we have a choice in those moments to trust God's timing in all things. On Friday of this, this past week, this weekend actually, um, I was planning to take a day off and get much needed time as a family to take some rest and uh, get some family time. But it turns out that didn't happen. 
Aaron and I, my wife, we were both swamped with work and things that needed to be done this weekend. Um, basically, we all woke up and the house was a disaster. There was just stuff everywhere from the whole week and we had to get ready to host an event, a meeting that evening. Um, we, we assigned the cleaning to the kids, which they were thrilled about. And, uh, and to top it all off, Aaron and I were both battling some different health challenges as well. And the plan was a day off, time with family, chance to recover and get ready for the next push. The reality was it was a difficult work day for everybody. After a pretty long stretch, many days of um, exhaustion and work already. As a family, we, we had the choice of whether or not we were going to trust God's timing in all of these things. And really, I got to be honest, there was a strong temptation for me and Aaron to turn on each other and to be irritable and grumpy and to blame each other. Why didn't you, why did you, why is it, why, you, you know, it's your fault that we're in this situation now. Temptation for us to get edgy and for the disappointment to really turn it into a gloomy workday. And so that was right there. We were, uh, I think we took some steps in that direction, but we needed to back it up and take a few minutes and uh, just kind of explain the plan to the kids. We took a few minutes to pray and we did sing. We actually did sing a song together to get our hearts moving and our attitudes moving in the right direction of thankfulness to God. I don't know if anything like this has been happening to you where things don't go as planned. Disappointment strikes. When the disappointment happens, do you say, well, this must be God's timing. This must be God's best plan for me today. Or or do you respond in a different way? Well, as it turns out, there's an opportunity that we have as a church, a whole church family, to put this into practice together. (laughs) We are looking at the possibility of moving to a new location. And uh, if you track with us online, like you are right now, or through our podcast and you listen, then uh, there's not going to be as significant of a change for you. But for those of you that are part of our Sunday gathering at Rio Norte Junior High, then there may be a change. Uh, Rio Norte is a place that I had been praying for for two years that God will allow us to meet in that space. Um, It's very strategic. It's ideal. And we finally got in in uh, October of, well, two months ago. And so it's been two glorious months of meeting in such an ideal location for a church. New people have been coming. We've met a lot of new people in that area. Um, the staff that helps us out is, is, is incredible. And this week, though, I, I got clarity on the school's position about wearing face masks. And uh, so here, here's what it is. It's at the school facilities when indoors, the school has asked that all attendees be masked at all times. And additionally, uh, they want us to be responsible for enforcing that at church. And this would be for all ages, uh, two years old and up. And uh, being outside, so that's when you're indoors. If you're outdoors, there's not a mask requirement. That's okay. Indoors is where this comes into effect. So this, okay, so if we, if we do that, that would be a change from how we have been operating because, um, and actually I think there'd be quite a few dynamics about the feel of church that would change if we did this. And I haven't totally decided our next step yet, but um, 
Well, the one thing I have decided is that I don't want to become a mask enforcement police officer. Um, our church has been a mask optional environment. And actually, this has been the case the whole life of our church. We have only ever existed in a COVID world since our church started. And even when we were outdoors, meeting in a park, um, operating with a mask mandatory environment would change who we've been the whole time. And uh, of course, there's all kinds of opinions out there about masks. Um, when people at our church feel the freedom to continue wearing masks, I'm glad. And when people feel the freedom not to, I'm glad about that too. When it comes to leading a church, one big principle uh, for me is I, I prefer not to require or enforce anything. And that, that could be for you attending or you giving money or serving or what it, whatever it is, whatever step... There's lots of things that I would encourage. There's lots of things I'd recommend, but I don't like to force people to do things. I would prefer that people have the freedom to make their own choices about how to live and how to operate. So people have a lot of strong opinions about this whole topic. One of our goals as a church is to keep reaching more people. We want to keep growing and finding people that are far from God, um, even people with a variety of different opinions and I believe a mask optional environment allows us to create space for the widest group of people since opinions are so different on this. Because of all that, we are considering moving. Again, um, we're currently, you know, we're currently meeting in our fourth space as a church. But if we move, there's a lot of implications from that, a lot of logistics that need to be figured out, changes in our church budget, things like that. And that's one of the reasons my week got a lot more unexpected work. I don't mind having a new challenge to work through. Life is challenging, but this isn't exactly the timing that I would have preferred. I mean, I'm, we're kind of in the middle of December. I was kind of wanting to get to where we can like slow down a bit, enjoy Christmas, take some time off, and uh, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But here's what I do know. God controls the timing of all of these things. Whether we stay and dynamics change or whether we move to a new location and we take on a lot of logistical work, either way, God guides. He will guide us. He sets our timeline. And I've seen God bring new growth and new people at every location that we've been at so far. Hiccups in my plans don't affect God's ability to carry out His plans. So, would you pray for me as, uh, and, and for, you know, our core team that are, you know, we're navigating through some decision-making right now. Um, but as a church, what does it look like moving forward? One thing is uh, we've just got one more gathering uh, at Rio Norte after this Sunday. Uh, so next Sunday, the 19th, is our family Christmas service. And I'm, I'm really hoping to have a big celebration to really uh, celebrate Christmas. We'll have kids in service and food and, and lots of things to enjoy. And uh, Lord willing, at that service, I'll provide a clear plan for what will be happening next. There won't be any other scheduled um, gatherings in December. Uh, we'll be looking at January. So I hope that if you visit with us in person that you'll decide for yourself what you want to do. And if you have any questions, I definitely would love for you to talk about it with me. One last thing is uh, 
besides those gatherings, we actually do have a Christmas Eve service that we'll be doing at West Creek Park. This will be outdoors in the evening. It'll be from five to six. And I'm really excited about that. It's gonna be, it, there's a lot of value in this event. Um, it's fun to, to gather and to very intentionally reflect on God and sing carols and the story of Christ on Christmas Eve. But there's uh, quite a few people that would come to a service like that that don't normally go to church really any other time of year. And you might have family or friends in town that would like to come to that. There's tremendous opportunity we have to include and invite and warmly connect with people in our city. And so I really hope that you, you come to that and that you make some broad invitations. Invite anybody that you think might in be interested. Or actually, if you're not even sure, go ahead and invite them anyway. So uh, there's a lot of value in that. So let's, let's pray together. God, I acknowledge you as the one who controls the timeline of history and all the things that flow, all the big events, all the national leaders, all the things, even the little details of our lives, even the days we get sick or the days we get news about things. You control the timing of it all. I trust you, Lord. I pray that you'd help our church to remain strong in our faith and navigate through this time. Help the individuals, I should say, be strong in our faith in you. When we hit disappointment or fear or frustration or blocked goals, that this season we would continually lift our hearts in song and praise and thankfulness. Allow us to continue having an impact by expanding and spreading, and spreading the good news about Jesus' birth and his death and his resurrection and the redemption that that brings to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us and I hope to see you next week.